Hi guys, this is the Hearsay Podcast. My name is Saya and this is episode number 48 featuring DJ Doug Pound, aka Doug Lussenhop. Uh, Doug and I recorded this episode backstage at the Tivoli while he was here opening for Eric Andre on his recent Australian tour in December 2019. Uh, Doug is a bit of a genius when it comes to editing comedy videos and has done things you've all seen such as Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job, Uh, as well as Tim and Eric's other stuff, The Eric Andre Show and Portlandia. Doug has an incredibly funny editing style and he also has an incredibly funny stage show, which I saw while he was here. If you get a chance to check it out, please do. Um, He also has an amazing podcast of his own called The Poundcast, which is so funny. And he quite often sits in on Tim Heidecker's podcast, Office Hours, which makes me laugh so much. So check out all of those things. Um, During this podcast, we talk about our mutual friends, Brent Griffin or Spod, as you might know him by, um, who's obviously a very funny friend of ours and also Fred Armisen who's also been on this podcast and also is a very funny friend so go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't already um We also talk about a lot of other things like Doug's Strange Show Story, which was illustrated or animated, I should say, by Spod. Uh, It's the first animated illustration of the podcast and it's pretty much the best thing I've ever seen. So head over to at Hearsay Podcast on Instagram or the Hearsay Facebook page to see it. Uh, Doug's story is a doozy. Um, Thank you so much for listening. You could totally make my day by rating and commenting on the show on iTunes uh, because it helps people be able to find it and also will give me warm feelings. Um, Here we go. Episode number 48, Doug Pound or Doug Lussenhop. doing thank you so much for being on my podcast it's my pleasure you're a friend of brent i'm a Spot. friend of brent well any any friend of Spot, i'll bend over backwards to, oh. to be a part of any show he recommends he is one of my favorite people we both have best friends called brent <laughs> that's a that's yeah. a start to a podcast isn't it <laughs> that's rare for two people to have best friends named brent yeah um other things we have in common off the top of my head is uh we both have podcasts it's true. We uh, have both been in Spod videos. Oh, you've been in a Spod video? I think I've been in most of them, except the one you were in. Boys I think night. he like tries to throw me in just even just like a picture of me at some point. <laughs> Did you do a solo on his song, Golden Gay Time? Yeah. And I... Um, well, there's another... Co- there's, another there's another thing. Another we thing. both did solos. Uh, I'm the female g- lady that sings in that song in the choruses oh okay okay you have a big part you have (laughs) a a featuring yeah i'm a feature but you i feel like you're a feature too well i mean i when when i got the when he sent me the track and i saw that i was first amongst these uh luminaries of our day uh, i was quite honored it's it's an amazing list of people well maybe i didn't get the memo but it seemed to be like more like take the piss on doing a solo Right. But I made a solo. I made a solo. With all my heart. Me too. I tried to make a beautiful solo. So did I. A lot of people, many did, 
music solos, but a lot of them were like, took the opportunity to do a gag. Yeah. But not me. No, me either. I did a very serious synthesizer solo. There's another thing. We haven't. Not only we have solos, we did serious solos. We did genuine, we played our hearts out. (laughs) (laughs) I programmed my heart out on that solo. Mine has lyrics. Does your solo have lyrics? No. He should publish my lyrics because they're wonderful. I was very proud of the lyrics. I I loved your solo. My solo, it, I found a uh, a singing software, you know, that can yeah sing the the notes, and I had it say all kinds of stuff about Bondi Beach and icebergs and. That's right. <laughs> the lyrics. I was proud of the lyrics. You can't really understand them, but. Did you send him the lyrics when you? I sent him the lyrics, oh. and I think he was into it. Yeah, I'm gonna ask him to send them to me so I can read them. <laughs> I did. I think I heard something about Bondi Beach. <laughs> <laughs> it was like something about my ultimate gay time would be going to Bondi Beach and putting on little shorts and swimming at icebergs, mm-hmm. something like that. That sounds really good. Which is true. It, yeah. I'm also, it's tr- speaking my truth because that yeah. is my ultimate gay time. That's what you would do. Yeah. Um, so for people listening, um, our friend Spod, uh, <laughs> he made an amazing song called Golden Gay Time that's about a, an old man who who just, um, before he dies, wants to eat an ice cream. Um, and he got, I think, I think it goes for about 47 minutes. Um, and he got a lot, a lot of people to solo on it, including Doug and myself, Henry Rollins, Jason from Granddaddy. Just like a, an amazing list of people. <laughs> Ariel Pink is. Ariel Pink. I, I guess that's a solo, but yeah, he's on there. He is. He's, he's on, there. on there. I'm on an Ariel Pink track. Me too. So bucket list. Fuck yeah. Complete. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, I didn't know. I thought that was just the name of the song, Golden Gate Time. Oh. Uh, but last week we were in Sydney, mm-hmm. and I looked in an ice cream cooler, and it's a name brand of an ice cream. That's right. And it like hit me like a ton of bricks. It's an actual thing. He I didn't make like, this up. He's singing about ice cream this whole time. <laughs> what? What have I done? Why did I try so hard with my solo? Did you know the song was actually written for his wife um, for her 30th birthday? Because she gets really sad when she sees old men eating ice creams by themselves. <laughs> Um, and for her 30th birthday, Brent and I performed the song for her. And that's the first time she heard it. Wow. Yeah. Epic. Yeah. Oh, my God. I dropped my gum and it's just go- it's just disappeared into. I think it's. Oh, where, it's where did forever. that go? That's crazy. It's I okay. Saw it the show drop- must go on. I saw it drop out of your mouth. Oh, it's on your T-shirt. I can see it. It's next to your elbow. This is good podcasting. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. It was perfectly camouflaged. It was. You were, that's a good t-shirt. It's, um, band names. It has, uh, I don't know how many band logos are on there, uh, but every band you can think of is on there. That's great. Um, by Dream Street made it, my friend. Oh, that's awesome. He does, he's called Dream Street. Don't you feel like um, in this room, so we're backstage at the Tivoli, it really sounds like the roof's about to cave in <laughs> when people walk up there. There's like people walking over us in the yeah. in the room above. Well, you know, some people, I've heard, I listen to podcasts and people are always like, oh no, I'm so sorry about the leaf blower or the car going by, but also they shouldn't apologize. They should just leave it. Nobody gives a shit. That's how the world sounds. Like if we were just sitting here, we could still 
that's just adds a little spice to the atmosphere of that's the true. world we're in. Yeah. Well, last time I, I recorded a podcast here with our friend Fred and there was a lot of noises of pipes next door. Um, and we just incorporate, we pretended it was applause. Pipes? Yeah. It was sounded <laughs> kind of like applause in the walls. Really? Oh, yeah. is it like... Yeah. And we were oh, like, like yeah, flushing thank pipes. You. Yeah. I see. <laughs> I mean, we could It wasn't incorporate- like Blue Man Group pipes. So like... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not like organ parts. By the way, Fred used to be in the Blue Man Group, and I saw him perform in the Did Blue you? Man Group. He told me he had a double kick in the Blue Man Group band. Oh, yeah? He wasn't painted up blue. He was, like, off in a little wing. There's a band, like, you know, playing yeah, live yeah. music. And did you I'm know I'm sure you covered then? that on the podcast. No, all we talked about was the double kick. <laughs> <laughs> but did you, um, did you know him then? I met... The first time I met Fred was in the, ni- in the mid-90s. I was like an intern or something and a blue man group no 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 at this like music i was like in college and there was a i was like at a music video production company a really small tiny place that was about the size of this room and uh he was just like a friend of the the lady that ran the production company Mm. and she's like hey doug this is our friend fred and he goes Oh, hey, little guy. Aren't you a cute little guy? Because I always look, look way younger than I am. And I was like 18, and I looked like I was like 13 or something. But um, then I had a chip on my shoulder. I was like, I thought that was like the meanest joke. Oh. Because everyone was laughing their head off at it. Then flash f- fast forward like 15 years later, I'm editing Portlandia. Uh, there's a, a sketch where he's, it's called Little Guy. And he's like, I'm just a little guy. So... <laughs> It was kind of surreal <laughs> to the first time I met him, he's doing that bit on me and then yeah. editing like he that He turned bit. it on himself. Right. That's kind of nice. It was a nice full circle kind of moment. Yeah. And now you guys are friends. You guys are working together. That's lovely. Yeah. No, he's great. I mean, at first, you know, I was like, I don't know. I had a uh, fragile ego or something. Right. But then I realized he's hilarious. And then I started following him around town and filming his um comedy and stuff just i was just like a fanboy and then i knew i don't know how i found out he was in the new the blue man group we weren't like pals i was just like i would see him around in chicago and just i knew what he was up to and i wanted to like i don't know i was just a fan yeah that's so nice i mean i feel like we could talk about fred for a long time but let's talk more about you Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you don't have to. <laughs> no, yeah. Hit it. I'll talk about whatever. <laughs> I feel bad that I don't have, um, you know, I don't have any sounds or anything fun like you do on your podcast. Oh, you just put them in in post. Yeah, okay. Put one sound here and... There it was. Great. Great sound. Thank post-sayer. you. Post-sayer. Really nailed it. <laughs> so you started editing and then like after that, did you start like performing or were you performing before that as a you know funny right well i started out um when i lived in chicago well back i mean i can go way back but i was i was always into like making funny little videos Mm -hmm. for my friend's dad had a video camera so we would borrow that that's kind of where the bug started i was like obsessed with it and we would we would have no editing equipment this was like before final cut pro so we would have to do it all in camera you know so we just like hit pause change the angle and like count down three seconds and like try to match it up so it started with like that and then um i 
I don't know. There's a lot of little details that are kind of boring. But basically, I went to film school, and mm-hmm. I wanted to do, like, I just, I don't really know what I wanted to. I just wanted to make funny movies. Did you want to make feature films? I think I my dream was to, like, work on a funny TV show. Mm-hmm. My dream was to work on, like, Mr. Show. Yeah. That was, like, my favorite show at the time. I also, like, lived in in this art gallery like a big loft my friend ran this art gallery there where there was like a few rooms and i lived in there with him and i would put on like video screenings and i would just show funny videos that i made and my friends made what kind of videos were you making like sketch comedy or um sort of i wasn't in the comedy scene at all mm. in chicago i never went to a single stand-up show or anything i was like trying to make weird stuff so I, a lot of the stuff i did was taking footage and re-editing it you know, I don't know. Do you remember those G.I. Joe PSAs? Yes, I love those. Yeah, so I helped. We showed those. And my friend, I worked with him, Eric Fensler. I helped him edit those. Oh, my God. And, like, that kind of stuff. And I would take, like, news footage. I would make my own kind of, like, re-edited stuff. I would take, like, news footage and re-edit it. Um, and then I shot I shot a feature film around that time, <laughs> like, on, di- on digital video. Yeah. Really, like, just, like, the onboard mic super like lo-fi it wasn't that great but it was like i was just sort of learning as i went along yeah um but there's some moments in that movie that are pretty good what was it about did you write it i didn't i didn't know how to like write a script or anything we just started filming and then be like (laughs) okay what happens in the next scene you know (laughs) that's great and then like whenever we got it we're like this weekend we're gonna shoot this other part okay and then go to my friend's apartment and shoot something uh but it started out as like a short we made a short about this like guy who goes to a drug dealer's house and then he kind of blacks out because he got some weird drugs and then he ends up with this power pad which is like a nintendo uh, controller yeah so then the drug dealer wants it back and then that's the story of the whole feature great how long was it i think i think i actually <laughs> looked up how long what's the minimum length of the feature <laughs> it was like 70 minutes so i made it like exactly 70 minutes <laughs> there's some cool stuff in there though I'd love to see that. Eric Fensler, who did the G.I. Joe's, uh, he like he's like one of the stars of it. He's Great. the drug dealer. I love those G.I. Joe films so much. I remember that being such a revelation in like my friendship circle of what comedy could be. You know, like something so left field or um, I don't know. I just remember thinking that was Yeah, so I mean, funny. we were just into like weird like video art and trying to make it fun we were like just trying to make funny stuff eric was like me and him were like trying to do similar stuff yeah but he made uh he made a lot of shorts in that he shot stuff on film and he doesn't really he's kind of like um he's not big on like social media and stuff he doesn't really share it with the world but it's out there Mm. in dvd form somewhere oh cool i'll have to try and seek it out i don't know if it's it might be impossible to find well I'm tr- I told him he needs to re-release some of those early videos. Yeah. They're pretty I mean, good. if they're anything like the G.I. Joe ones, I'm sure they're people different, would love them. They're different, because when he did the G.I. Joes, he didn't want to keep repeating himself. He mm. tr- did different stuff. Did he get like a cease and desist or something for those? Yeah, Hasbro sent the cease yeah. and desist. <laughs> but imagine that happening now. Yeah, it would never happen Everything now. is just... <laughs> ripped and like there's like baby yodas are everywhere <laughs> yes. imagine imagine disney trying to cease and desist every baby yoda meme or something it's ridiculous <laughs> i know but they they couldn't stop it because other websites would just put them up you know of course no you can't stop anything internet's wild 
And they should have, I don't know why they would even cease and desist. Everyone loved it. Everyone it's like loved free it. promotion for G.I. Joe. Totally. I mean, they were pretty out there. <laughs> but I. They weren't that nasty or anything. No. So, okay. So I went to film school. I was doing the art gallery place. I felt like I really wanted to come to L.A. where all the action was, where like. Mr. Show was being made, I guess, and uh, I got an opportunity to move out there. My friend, who was the star of the the feature I made, besides Eric, the other guy, he was like, oh, my roommate left. If you want to come out here, I need a roommate. So then I jumped on that opportunity, and I was out in L.A. for a year with, like, one friend, and I had, like, a crappy job, and then... I answered a Craigslist ad. Craigslist is like, do you have that here? Yeah, it's like the... It's like classifieds. Yeah, yeah. It was very vague. It just said, comedy show wants an intern. And then I I submitted my resume, and the girl called me back, and she said, Bob Odenkirk is producing (gasps) this show. Who is from Mr. Show? Yes. So I was like, what the hell? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That was the one only, only ad I ever responded to. So that was Tim and Eric before their show came out. It was before Tom Goes to the Mayor came out. Right. And Eric liked my DVD and he didn't even watch my, (laughs) I don't even think he watched my shorts. He just watched the intro. Like my friend made the (laughs) intro for me. So it wasn't, I didn't even do it. (laughs) Wasn't you? You know what I mean? What was the intro? It was just like graphics. I made the music for the intro. It was like, just, just this beat with like my name flying across in a rainbow and a videotape comes out and a, like it shoots out a rainbow and then my name pops up or right. something. I don't really, That already I don't know. sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so then later on they used to tease me like, we didn't even hire you because of your, your work. We just liked the intro that your friend made. <laughs> <laughs> so that was another stroke of luck. And then what were you doing? So you got hired as an intern. Eric just said, film everything behind the scenes that we do. Right. So that was a fun internship. So I would just go there and like have a little mini DV camera, I think. And I would just film them doing the show. Like I would just document. Yeah. So then at the end of season one, I cut together a little reel with graphics and cheesy music and stuff that they showed at the the premiere. And it got such a big response that they, Adult Swim executives were there. They aired the episode I made. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I had so much experience doing so many funny videos. I mean, I'm not saying all my videos are so funny. It was just so much experience editing yeah. and like just doing it for years in Chicago sure. that when I like got a shot at it, I was just like um, so into it. Yeah, you know, I was like a, a dream come true or something. Even though, it was, and then like that internship lasted maybe three months, and then they hired me because they were kind of understaffed, and I knew Photoshop. And that show was like heavily Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'll do that Photoshop stuff. Just I Great. brought my laptop in. I just started doing it. Great. And then they realized they couldn't do it without me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so between like not being able to edit on a computer, how did you then go from like learning how to edit? Oh, well, in film school, we also shot on 16 millimeter film and edited right. it like with razor blades and tape. Holy you shit. Know? Yeah, they was like, they wanted you to learn the basics so i really had to be very deliberate with every shot yeah and every edit so having done it started it like started working like that then i took an editing class and it was like an early version of premiere Mm -hmm. then that was like the easiest class i've ever taken i just started i immediately started making everything go backwards and slow-mo and like 
I couldn't believe how easy like nonlinear editing was, you know. Yeah. I also like back in Chicago, I had an internship where there was an um, an Avid. It was an editing house, and they had Avid. They would do like McDonald's commercials, and I would beg them to like let me use it after hours. Yeah. So I got a taste of it there too. I would like. I just couldn't believe how awesome it was to edit like that. That's so cool. And then I feel like though you have like a certain editing style that you know like you're lingering on things just like a little bit too long and and all of that stuff that's so funny in tim and eric do you feel like that's your input (laughs) do you feel like that's sort of something that you came up with um i that that exact lingering on things too long i did do that a few times but i don't know if i was the first one i can't i think with that show we were very collaborative and like we would like take little tricks from each other and mm. kind of like i think one thing i did do was like really chopped up stuff i think yeah. i kind of like messed with that um because i i would do that almost as a joke once in a while like when we have like rough cut screenings and they'd yeah. be like do that more right and i'd be like okay then i just like really w- ran with it yeah or like looping stuff looping stuff yeah. and like cutting it into like a musical thing man it's so good yeah that was like that's just like that's just how i hear it when i'm like when i edit i'm more like into the sound of it than the video of it yeah that's why i hate editing uh i hate making music videos you hate it well it's just not exciting because it's (laughs) like i like messing with sound sure you know that's that's like that's like that's the funny part is the sound for me right do you make any music videos I make my own music videos yeah. once in a while, like little Instagram music videos. Yeah. Um, but I get to make the music, so... Yeah, so you can still <laughs> like. play with... You can do everything. <laughs> well, right. let's talk, can we talk about your music? Which is also sure. very funny. Um, <laughs> when did you... So did you start DJing first or did you start like writing songs first? Well, in college, I was in like a shoegaze band. Really? It was not a funny band. It was what like, did you we play? were trying to be so like deep we were trying to be like slow dive or right what did you play um i played guitar and what was the band name pella pella it was just some word we saw like on a billboard it's a city in iowa we were like driving through iowa we just thought that was a cool word i have some tapes of that that's kind there's some good stuff there i actually like would be like uh shudder to think about like some of the stuff but like i went back and found some four track tapes of that it's kind of cool it's nice once you're sort of um taken out of it for a while there's a band the lilies we i kind of ripped off some of their like right. s- sound and this the swirlies was another band oh, i was yeah. like super into it was like kind of ripped. i tried to sound like that but i was not yeah. as, i didn't know like what a key was or what key anything was or like chords were really sure. like i knew like your basic key chords yeah but i didn't know like how they went together sure i never took like you just doing like power chords or something i did some power chords yeah and yeah. I also i was more like a lead guitarist i would just like play notes until i it sounded right yeah yeah you know i feel like swirlies were like that they're like sort of experimental that there's their chords are like crazy sounding yeah. chords they're like sonic youth kind of yeah. like busted like chords my that you, bloody valentine right kind of, exactly yeah. yeah yeah so i was in that band and then like <laughs> Then I got into Aphex Twin. Oh. So I tried to be like Aphex Twin and I had like, I got some gear. What did you get? 
I got this sampler, mm-hmm. which I just like, once I got it, I realized this has nothing to do with Apex Twin. Like, <laughs> so then like, I, I mean, got a computer, how that got I got a computer <laughs> and I got reason and I tried to make beats on reason yeah. and I made, I kind of made some cool stuff, but like nothing was that great. I don't know. We made a couple, I had another band called flexible products and that was kind of cool. That's we a make, great. We name. made a couple of cool songs that was like all Moog synthesizers and like lo-fi samplers like a sk1 sampler yes um, that sounds amazing i listen to that now well <laughs> you should hear. i mean we're it was more of just like one it was like two notes over and over and over we were like stoned <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, nights forever. no nah, there was some cool st- we did some cool stuff we had a cool i don't know we used to wear like cataract glasses mm-hmm and just plug in our synths and we kind of had songs that we knew we like we would take like markers and write on the keys <laughs> like press these three notes for that song you know so we would, <laughs> i think i've done like, that they sound right you yeah. know um yeah so anyway then when i got to la and i was working on tim and eric's show i was kind of intrigued about stand-up because i thought stand-up was like super corny but then i like went to some back then it was called like comedy death ray but now it's called like comedy bang bang but like oh, yeah. it was like a weekly show it was like the alternative comedy night and it was way more experimental and i thought that that show i was like oh i, I think i could do stand-up because i like had been writing jokes just like corny one-liners do you remember any of them um yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, this one joke I had, it was very early on, but um, many people did it, like, thought of the same joke. It was like, my New Year's resolution is 300 DPI. It was like <laughs> stuff like good. that. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. So you were like, so I, I think I, I, tr- I went to like a few open mics and I was like, okay at that. It was, I had some jokes. I think my delivery was like, my timing was right or something mm-hmm. and my delivery was okay. Do you remember the first time you did it? Did you feel elated or did you feel terrified? <laughs> I wish Tim had this. Tim filmed it. It was in New York and I think we were drinking a lot and I didn't know about the light where they give you the light when your time's up oh. and I ran the light for like ever <laughs> And Tim was just screaming, laughing his head off. Just the fact that I was doing it. There was like 10 people there. Tim's right in front filming it on like a point and shoot like camera. I wonder if he has that. <laughs> that sounds pretty great. But he, we, he was just it's, just, it's just the sound of him laughing his head off. Because I'm telling the dumbest jokes. They're like that. Yeah. They're like stupid puns and stuff. <laughs> so anyway, I, I got... They actually, even though I ran the light, they were like, will you, will you, that was an open mic. They're like, will you come back tomorrow? And I'll, I want to book you on my show. So wow. I got booked the next day. That's amazing. I think it was all about my delivery. Like yeah. I just sold it so hard. Yeah. Um, Cause you were drunk. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were like, I really believe <laughs> yeah. in myself. <laughs> yeah. I was so confident. I was so confident. Oh my God. But anyway, so I did that for a little bit and then for some reason I thought I was okay at writing jokes and okay at trying to be Aphex Twin but what if I put them together because I had the sampler laying around and I think the first thing I thought of was like what if I had a knock knock joke and the punchline was like a sound so that's how that happened so I had like these knock knock jokes 
and it's I still have it on my sampler to this day, and I still do my very first joke. It's oh, I don't think I'll ever delete it. That's great. But it's like, knock knock, and then the, I get the crowd. I'm like, they maybe one person says who's there. I'm like, come on, New York, I can't hear you. Help me out with this joke. And then it's like, who's there? Then I say who, and then they go who who, and then I hit who who. Who who and the who are you for the who? Oh, so like good. that's the punchline. Yeah, who who? That's great. And I had this other one that was like, "Who's who's there?" Yeah, and then they go Yahoo, and then there was like <laughs> this Yahoo dot com commercial that was ubiquitous back then, mm-hmm. and it was like Yahoo. <laughs> that was a good one, but that wouldn't work anymore because that yeah, nobody knows that that now. little jingle is gone yeah. from the zeitgeist sure so um so that's how dj doug pound started amazing I put, the, I put like mediocre stand up and mediocre like dj abilities together <laughs> to make one heck of an opening act Fuck yeah! <laughs> that's still did an you, opening act to this day <laughs> did you um did you ever actually dj though oh yeah back in chicago i would dj i was like into i was into it for for a little while yeah um i wasn't i could never really I didn't get into like scratching. Yeah, no. I would do like some beat matching though. Yeah. But I, even when I DJed, I tried to make the crowd laugh. I mean, even before I did stand up, when I DJed, I wanted people to be like laughing and uh, dancing at the same time. Yeah. How did you do like, that? Like, I would get them going and then drop like a Weird Al song that mm-hmm. they thought they were going to start dancing to something else and then Weird Al would come on or. Just like a country remix of like gin and juice. I remember one time that like that like everyone <laughs> lost their shit when I played that. Yeah. It was like that kind of, or like mashups that I, I used to just search deep in these blogs for like goofy stuff. Yeah. To like try to put in there. Or I would play like uh like everyone's dancing, I'll just play like Kenny G or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would just do stuff like that. And um I don't know because I thought it was funny and people thought funny. I was, people thought that was funny when I DJ and I'm not a DJ I'm a musician and this is sort of in the last couple of years people ask me to DJ and now I am a DJ I would definitely like I, all try you need and play is a, all you need to be is a selector you know yeah I mean sometimes I'll play um sit on you oh yeah which is always makes me laugh but that's yeah that's pretty much by, it. The, by the way Eric Fensler wrote that the GI Joe guy oh really yeah, he was, I remember when he pitched it in the writer's room. He sang it, this is and he I danced it around, and he started on sitting on <laughs> sitting on people, like in the pit in the writer's room. But people do it even when you when you DJ the song, people just will start sitting on other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my my dream is to have like a one hit wonder novelty dance song, you know? Yes, like Crazy Frog or something. Right, or. Yeah. Uh, we like the party. Oh yeah, you know, or any one of those songs. Yeah, I mean, whoop, there it is, or I reckon who let the dogs you're out, or do it. something like that. I keep trying. You gonna? I think I have. I don't try that hard because I keep getting sidetracked by <laughs> going on tour and whatever. <laughs> have to edit something or whatever. Yeah. But now I have a band that's not funny too. It's not really, really a band, but it's it's like a DJ. It's like a. What do you call, like, what's the Chemical Brothers? Is that a band? I guess that's a band. We're like two guys making stuff on the computer. Yeah, great. Yeah. That's a band. What do you use? Tell me about that band. Um, That's called The Three-Year-Olds. So we have a silly name. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. We have a couple singles out there. 
Uh, but that's not. I mean, one of the the video is pretty silly. I did. We did make one music video. Be your baby. Yeah, anyway, I think I, I've seen um, that. Now we do Ableton Live. Oh yeah. Yeah. I. What do you use? I use Logic to record, but I have yeah. I trigger samples from Ableton as well. It's just so easy. So when I play live yeah. by myself, because I'll play solo without a band. Uh, what kind of music do you do? Um, I collect analog synths, so I have it's pretty synthy. I saw your crocheted synthesizers. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. Thank you. You should be on the front page of Artist Magazine or something. Oh, that's so nice of Is you. Is that a magazine? I think so. I, I mean, I it mean, have, could have, be. have those creations been discovered by... Do you yeah, do art go. shows with those? I've had a couple of shows, um, but it's it's so time consuming, and I have so many things in my life right. that I have to do that I can only sort of make one every now and again, and I take commissions. Um, so that's the way to do it. Yeah, so it's you know it's probably the same. And some as of you. them are like full size too, huh? Mm, I made a full size modular synth. Yeah, that's the one I saw. Um, that that took me about four months. <laughs> Does it cost more than an actual modular synth? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it was really funny when I, because I used it for my album cover. Brent, our friend Spod, he made a video clip for me that has that synth in it. And um, so we had it on the stage and we had like stage lighting on it and stuff. And uh, I remember this guy walking in uh, and he was like, oh my God. Oh, like he got so excited. <laughs> he thought it was a real <laughs> he thought one. It was and real then, and then uh, he was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so okay, so you d- so you have like a music thing going on now as well. Yeah. As your comedy thing. I mean, I would love to just do music. Yeah. But I need I need to keep trying until I'm good. <laughs> I think you're really good. I do some good stuff here and there, but But it also seems like you have so many projects. I mean, you have you do a lot of like video stuff. You've got your own podcast, you've got your podcast with Tim. Yeah, you know that's kind of been my problem my whole life is being like spread too thin. I have the same problem, but that's how I like it because I'll just get bored of doing one thing, yeah. and then I want to like scratch a different itch. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But then that makes the the original itch be itchy again. Yeah. So that's how it works. Yeah, I feel exactly now. The same I can't way. wait to go home and do music because I've been on this comedy tour. So have you, how long has this tour been? You've been on this Eric Andre tour? Um, we, I've only been on this for about a week and a half. Uh, but uh, before that, I was on another like three-week tour oh, right. in October and November. Then I came home for like a week, and then I came here. I know some people go on the road like way longer than this. But, sure. Um, but it still feels like it, it's hard then. you got to adjust back Yeah, because I don't really do anything except the shows mm. and... If we have a day off in the city, we'll go check out the city. Yeah. You know. Did you check out Brisbane today? Yeah. What? Tell uh, me about your We day. love it. We think it's great. I like hot, tropical so hot weather. Today. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, we went and saw the koalas. I like that you put an <laughs> R in the koala. Because don't you guys put R's in weird, weird places sometimes? <laughs> Um, you went to see the koalas. <laughs> yeah. And we saw the koalas and the kangaroos. The kangies. <laughs> I cooked some kangaroo meat today. It was oh really good. Oh my gross. god, no. My not for me cuz I I like I said earlier we I try and eat vegan. Oh but, right. Um for my dog, she eats oh, kangaroo. Okay. Well, that's okay. It's fucking gross, man. It's really <laughs> gross. 
Did you I'm, serve it in a pouch? Yeah, in, in a the, little in pouch. The, in the kangaroo pouch? That's right. It's the best that's way to have it. The, that's it's the like only way to eat kangaroo. Got to have it in a steamed kangaroo pouch. <laughs> so gross. When I first... Um, have, are you vegetarian or you try to... Um, I try... I try to be vegan, but mm. I am a failure. Right. Um, if I'm at home mm-hmm. and I'm up to my own, um, if I make my own choices, yeah. I'll just buy all vegan stuff. Yeah, I'm the same. But when I'm on the road like this and I haven't eaten all day and I'm mm-hmm. like really hungry and then I'm, you know, I think I ate some meat. I ate some meat the other day yeah. in, uh, in Melbourne. Yeah. But it was a... It was this place called Cheek, and I think they raise the animals themselves. Oh, wow. Um, and they're all, like, at least it's more of a ethical, like, mm-hmm. ra- meat-raising. Yeah. But I, I want out of it altogether. I don't want yeah. to eat any of it. I haven't eaten meat uh, for about 25 years. Oh, wow. But I try to eat vegan. You should have tasted this meat. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was it so out of the good. pouch? It was so good. <laughs> Straight out the pouch. <laughs> I, um, it was so good. It was really confusing, actually, when I got my dog. I had never bought meat. So what? What was I, the kangaroo meat like? It was oh, like it's, it's mint. The kangaroo mints. I, I what do you mean mint? Mints like um. Oh, mints. Yeah. Right. Like ground. Like ground. Right. Kangaroo. Did you make a burger? Um. No, I just like. Were you like all grossed out making it and like always and like smelling always. it? <laughs> always. I actually went to the went to the butcher the, when I first got my dog, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I, uh-huh. I was like, one meat, please. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else we have in common. Yeah. We feel bad for animals. And you we don't, don't eat, eat fish, them. right? No. Do you eat fish? No. But people are always like, well, you eat fish, right? I know. And people I'm like, always say no, that to me the too. Ocean, don't get me started with how stupid that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, would you no, eat? What it, about? It's like this. Uh. <laughs> would you eat bugs? Well, because that's the future, right? People are gonna eat bugs. I would, I would consider. Yeah. I would consider like a cricket patty or a cricket mm-hmm. burger if they get it figured out. I wouldn't. I don't know. This doesn't seem appealing to just uh, pop one in your mouth and crunch away. No. When last time I was in China, my my band toured there. Um, the drummer had a plate of like deep fried bees. Oosh. <laughs> See bees. Let the bees. We need more bees. I know, We're I not. Shouldn't were... be eating bees. <laughs> I oh think my god! Were China bees. comes up with the most horrifying things with animals. It's like I know. You know about bear bile? Oh god! No. What is that about? Oh god! Don't watch the video. Bear bile? Oh no! Yeah, they think it's like some kind of like magic potion. Oh my god, (laughs) that sounds just awful. It's about as bad as it gets with the bear bile. Okay, let's not (laughs) let's not go there. Um, (laughs) What about? So back to. (laughs) It tastes great though. Look, I've had it. Okay, I've had it. I don't know why you would want to eat anything bile. Like bile, even the word bile is revolting. It just sounds like bile. It just it's sounds vile. Like, it sounds like vile. It's vile. Yeah. And if you ever think about your own bile, that's like the grossest shit that anyone. The worst has thing ever. in your body is probably yeah. bile. Like yeah. you know, poo is probably better. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, at least it used to be food. Yeah, I guess so. The bile. But bile uh, is just like what is bile. That's what that's what your body makes what? when it can make nothing else. 
Wow, what is bile? We gotta look that up. I used to know. It's like a it's like the Vegemite of your body. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the runoff. It turns into bile. They skim the top and then it goes. It, they make bile with it. They make Vegemite with. But bile? I love Vegemite, by the way. Do you? Yeah. Interesting. You're not into it. No, I love. Wait, it. is it vegan? Yeah, it's vegan. Okay, but wait, those are little organisms. Those yeast, <laughs> yeast lives matter. I have another serious question about Australia that's not bile related. Um, do you think that when you play in places like Australia, can you tell the difference in sense of humor, like of your audience or of people you talk to? Do you think that people, are, or are we all just so homogenized that you can't tell? Oh, people here get it. I think they get, they have a good sense of humor. I mean, I've done, uh, I've done well here, I guess you could say. Yeah. I'm not like, <laughs> when I, when I say that, it's not like I, uh, I'm some millionaire or something. I've done well. Like my crowds, the crowds get it and they, and I get laughs. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, do you think it's, it's the same as the US? Do you think that it's, or do you think there's differences in crowds when you, when you tour around the world? Well, I've only done Australia and the US, I think. Really? In London. I'm usually opening for Tim and Eric or Eric yeah. Andre. So they're going to have a sim- sensibility to... So it could be any city, and if and if it's like at a comedy club where mm. regular people who are just there to see some stand up, I could do bad in any city. I think. Yeah. You know. Sure. But when when was the last time you had a bad gig? I feel like it's hard to have a bad gig with your setup. I feel like I had one kind of recently that wasn't that great. I remember saying I bombed. I bombed. Oh, I didn't no. bomb. I didn't bomb. It just wasn't like the most epic of like responses or something did you do you ever have technical difficulties uh you know i rarely do that's That's why i use the roland sp404 sx i don't use laptop i use a roland sampler because it is the most it's hardware it is the most solid robust machine and i've used that one and i use the the one with the flash card Mm -hmm. and then before that the sp808 which took a zip drive and those never fail they're so solid that's great they're amazing i've had problems i've definitely had problems but it's not my problem it's like i remember i did this show and there was like tons and tons of people there and i I got there early i was like i need to sound check i sound check everything's all dialed in and i just kept confirming with the sound guy and he was like a stoner and he got like all super baked and it was like they introduce me and I'm on stage and then just silence out of my <laughs> machine. And I was like so annoyed because we sound checked and it's not my fault. Some, yeah. He like muted something back there and he couldn't figure it out. So I had to, uh, I still, I made it work though. I, I, I survived that one because I just, I just told the jokes. Um, but I don't like to be in that situation. Tell me about the podcast that you make with Tim, the Office Hours podcast. I find that podcast so funny. And the last <laughs> one I listened to was your Fred Armisen one. And I felt like I had Joe Walsh in my head for like three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> uh, Do you? That's Tim's podcast. Yeah, yeah. He had done it like, a while by himself. I don't know how I joined him. I used to do a show called The Champs with Neil Brennan and Moshe Kasher. That was the first podcast I was ever on yeah and it was Neil's idea and he he asked I did a comedy show with him and he never seen me before 
and like during his set he brought me back up on stage to do like sounds during his uh his stand-up set so then at, right after the show he was like let's start a podcast you do the drops yeah which are like sound effects basically yeah. you do the drops and we'll, i'm gonna do it with this other guy moshe kasher and i'm like okay <laughs> i don't even think moshe knew about it it was like neil just had this vision of us three so anyway i did that and i was like the sound effects guy and so i had many i collected drops for like years and i have like i don't know how many hundreds of sounds i just people would keep sending me them and i would like find them and then i started my own podcast and i did some of the drops but it was mostly i'm on the mic most of the time mm. so i don't know i don't know what happened i think tim just asked me to join him one day and it was fun and we just like had fun so funny it's so weird how i don't remember i don't know how that started <laughs> i just matter. i just know i just Things do it happen. sometimes how do and you do how do you program your drops like do you are you using ableton there or how are you doing <laughs> well the it? funny thing is people ask me guess what my software is the finder oh so you just like <laughs> pressing spacebar i hit spacebar because <laughs> there's like a thousand samples yeah. and yeah. If, if like if i'm looking for a sample i'll just go into finder and type in say somebody's like hello and i'll type in hello oh and there'll be like four different hellos and i'll yeah. just like click on one and hit the space bar because right. if i had software it'd be too many it's so many and i wouldn't know how to like look them up that's i so would have to memorize where they are on the grid yeah. or something um, oh, i've been wondering how you do it <laughs> that makes a lot of sense yeah now. but I, I just vic just turned me onto the software i started using the software so i do have a soundboard uh but yeah and that's that's kind of nice because you can like loop them and do different stuff with oh yeah those. you can trigger them faster you can and with the space pitching. bar it's like you're at the mercy of like yeah. it goes up and then down this is more like boom 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 like single yeah. you can kind of like do it as like a sampler like yeah, yeah, a yeah. single shot like or just say my maserati <laughs> well with my maserati <laughs> i was doing that live on ableton i remember like they were talking and then i put i dragged the song in there and then we have like a pre-cue this is a little insider tip. Yeah. We got, we were trying to figure out this problem, how we could like DJ our sounds. We can like have a fader where we can hear it before we put it into the mm -hmm. mix, you know? So now, now like Vic and I can tee up our sounds to make sure. Cause I have so many drops. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I press it and I'm like, what is that? It's some <laughs> rambling long sentence or something. Yeah. So now I could like make sure I could like find the right one and yeah pre pre-fade it that's great yeah and then when you do your own podcast it sounds like you're like youtubing stuff do you do that as well oh yeah i do that and that's another thing with the with the pre-cue i could like find the youtube find the part of the song i'm looking for and then like fade it in then fade it in at the right spot instead of like listening to all this like yeah, yeah. mess yeah but part of the mess is kind of the fun yeah that too definitely makes like, it funny i mean driving tim crazy with like too many <laughs> sounds and people write me and say i ruined that show and they hate me and they hate the drops there was this no. one guy that like really hates me he goes fuck that you guy. ruin office hours and i'm like no why and he goes too many drops i'm like okay and then other people are like more drops yeah i love it do you just take on that guy's criticism though or do you listen to the positive feedback i take i <laughs> I swear to God, I shouldn't do this, but the next episode, I laid off the drops a little bit. You did? <laughs> yeah. Well, Aww. I did go extra hard on the on the one the one he was commenting on. I mean, it was like we had taken a break for a few months, 
So I came in like so hot with like <laughs> we, me and Vic were just going crazy. <laughs> I just couldn't wait to like just like <laughs> spray my drops all over the place. I I'm one of the people that's like more drops. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what it makes Tim laugh. It makes us laugh. It's like yeah. it's I don't know what it is. It's like visceral, the, the non sequitur of it. Yeah, half of the time or. And then when you when you hear them over and over, they have this little like song to them, even yeah. if it's like someone talking. I was gonna say it's kind of similar to what you were saying before about editing and making. Right. I mean, that's what I find funny yeah. most of the time is like sound things. Yeah. Which you will experience tonight. I don't Can't know if you've seen me perform before. No, I've just. Uh, well, Brent <laughs> sent me some stuff because I was like, I I don't even know what he does live. Like I know a little bit about what you do. I try live, to keep. I don't have a live album or mm. special. And the ones on YouTube are like people filming it with their iPhones. Yeah. So some of those shows aren't going to be great examples. No, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. How do you feel about? Um, so before when I was I heard you sound check, you played some Michael Jackson, but uh-huh. obviously it was a it was a joke. But how do you feel about playing Michael Jackson? <laughs> well. That I have a whole bit about that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I should just wait it. till your show. You're going to see it. <laughs> um, personally, I think we've heard enough Michael Jackson, regardless of what mm. he's been up to <laughs> in his past. Like, we could... Here's what a friend turned me on to, mm. is Michael Jackson cover songs by like done in different languages. Oh, great. Like a Japanese version of Billie Jean. Great. And that, for some reason... Um, is like more that fun to listen better. to than yeah. I mean, I don't ever want to hear. I don't need to hear his music anymore. I used to like it a lot. Me too. And and whatever with, if he was a child molester or whatever. Regardless of that, like I still don't need to hear it anymore. I want to hear new stuff, mm. fresh stuff. Yeah. Or something you haven't heard, like oh my god, that song, like digging up stuff that you. Or like something from like a, a theme song from a TV show. Or sure. That's another thing that I like to to play. Like in the middle of a DJ set, I'll drop the Love Boat. <laughs> you know that good. song, the yeah. Love Boat, and you know stuff like that that people yeah. are like, "What? What is it? The Love Boat?" <laughs> Everyone's like singing along with it. They didn't know they knew the lyrics. Yeah, of you course. Know? That's great. Yeah, that's much better. Yeah, and that I, kind I of like stuff. the idea of the other language, MJ. R. Kelly definitely can't play. No. R. Kelly can't play. I feel like Michael Jackson can't play anymore. Even People though... People still play it. I mean, if you go to the mall, yeah, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. But I was also in that camp where I felt like I was like a climate change denier when all that stuff was coming out about Michael Jackson. I was like, no, he would never do... You know, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the documentary? Yes. He fucking Is it available? 100% did it. He 100% um, did it. Is it available here? Uh, I, I think you I can asked, watch it. I've been asking the crowd in australia and they kind of go silent oh. like you guys seen the documentary right and they're just they I don't, don't say you anything know what? i think like, i might have downloaded so it. now i adjust that joke to be like so it turns out michael jackson probably <laughs> molested some kids oh, <laughs> and in case he did which i try to be neutral about it sure. i don't want to have like i'm not trying to make a political statement yeah i just say in case it offends anyone i have a loophole well, you'll see the bit tonight, okay, but I'm it involves excited. balloons. That's good. I'm glad I mentioned it. <laughs> Can I ask you my very last question? What is your strangest show experience? Okay. I I know that this was answer, the question was coming, and I have a story to tell. 
I was in New Zealand, and this guy, who was a cool, great guy, he flew me out. He he was like, hey, do you want to come to New Zealand to play at this music festival, A Low Hum? Amazing. Have you heard of it? No, but great. So it's this festival where people show up, and it's all camping in the in the woods, and they don't know the lineup until they get there. So that's the like the hook of that the concept of that, and they Exciting. always pro they always like it. Um, it never disappoints with the lineup, right? Sure. So anyway, um, well, f- I was like, I'm flying to New Zealand. Like, I'm gonna. I was like, my hopes were up. I was like, this is gonna be the best show ever. These people are gonna get it. This is gonna be so cool. I'm in the woods. Um, it's kind of like a little mini Coachella in yeah. the rainforest or something. Amazing. I was super psyched, and I met the coolest people. Like Kieran J. Kalanen was yeah. there, and like I saw him perform, and I saw um, all their names will come back to me. But awesome, F- making cool friends, yeah. like having fun, checking out the shows. Yeah. And then it comes to um, my set, and he put me on the main stage. There was like many little side stages, mm-hmm. and even like a little comedy hut, but. There was, it wasn't a comedy hut. I'll get back to that. There was a little hut, but he put me on the main stage at 1 a.m. on like Friday night. Whoa. And people, I was thinking, oh, people are going to be hip to, 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 to my act, you sure. know? And so I go on at 1 a.m. Everyone's rushing in and they're all on pills, right? They're all like, oh, there's a DJ on. <laughs> they thought I was just going to like play EDM music or something. I know. So I start my act and people start to be like, I start, it starts with music and then I hard cut to like some dumb joke and they're like, what? And then they start getting more and more mad. Like they start to get really, really upset where it was like, uh, people jumping on stage, grabbing my mic out of my hand. Yeah. Like people on drugs are just like not having this. They couldn't, they were having a meltdown. The entire crowd could not handle my, my act. They're like, they did not want Holy this. They wanted me to play shit. music. Yeah. And then I would try to like play the music parts a little longer and ride those jams out. And they start dancing and getting into it. Then I hard cut and like do the punchline. <laughs> they're just like, no. And they're like throwing shit at me. Whoa. It was like, yeah. But there was some people who, who, who know, who it. know who I am. Yeah. And they were up in front and they were loving it. They were like, this is the best. Cause they, and I think the guy who programmed the, the concert since he likes to not uh announce announce yeah i think he likes to just fuck with people's expectations so that's why he did that sure. and i looked at him and he had a ear-to-ear grin he was like this is the best it was like just complete chaos a girl grabbed my mic out of my <gasps> hand and like there was no security you know i was, I was like say, what am i what? supposed to do here and i'm like can i think somebody maybe told her to get off and that's great i powered through like the worst set of my life oh no did and you think I, about like, just playing straight songs at any point or were you like no i'm gonna do my act at the end i like haphazardly plugged in my laptop and played like sports by tim and eric because yeah. people like were someone was screaming that at me or something oh, but in man. hindsight i should have just played music and oh that's so brutal but it was brutal oh my god and then i just um I just powered through it. I just did my act. I told my jokes. Oh, man. And I just sort of like was in my mind like, I'm going to 
put on a smile and act like this is going fine. And I just like got through it and people hated me. And, um, afterwards I got off the stage and I was like, I don't know what this, the feeling was just like, what the fuck was that? Like, I hate my life. I quit comedy. I quit everything. Like, I I don't want to be here. I, I have to stay here for three more days now. I was just like, fuck that was the the worst gig i can't believe i flew like 15 hours yeah. and i thought i was gonna be some special treat that i came i thought they would at least pr- appreciate yeah that something it was all i was the only comedian yeah right. everyone else was like rappers or djs and the crowds were just hanging out and chilling and being cool but when i went on at 1 a.m i think that was the night that they were gonna like they party and take pills yeah. or whatever so, so anyway was there any redemption i got off stage and one there was like a couple of people that were like, oh my God, can I have your shirt? Like this one fan was like so into it. She wanted like my outfit. So I like took my shirt off and I was like, take my shirt. I fucking quit. Like I'm done. <laughs> like this will be my last show. Um, like this was a night. I, this is a complete nightmare. Yes. And I looked at, I had a few friends there and I just looked at them and they were like, you freaked them out, man. Yeah. You know, I can't believe that was the best thing I've ever seen. Some people were saying that was the best thing they've ever seen because could you hear of the train like, wreck of it right like afterwards okay. they were like and it became like a legendary thing of that festival i think oh man maybe or maybe not i don't know i just felt like such shit so like the, the next few days i was just walking around like a i felt like, i felt like a pariah i was like i don't want people i don't want to look at anyone's eyes you know Aww. i just felt ashamed i you know they don't know that i that i'm good okay yeah. I di- I'm not some like I didn't sh- I didn't come here and do some like Andy Kaufman thing. I think people thought it was like that, where it was like a troll. Right. Like I came here to like fuck with people. Yeah. I did not. I just no. I wanted to make people laugh. Of course. But since it didn't work, it's I think their perception was like this guy's just here to fuck oh, with us. Oh man. So anyway, the next day, I'm moping around and. Um, my friend was like, ah, oh, come on. There's like, there's an open mic in this little tent over here. It wasn't a tent. It was like a little like hut, you know, a little small building. And I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And, um, <laughs> I'm standing there and this guy goes up and he's a stand up comedian. And his whole set was like making fun of me. <gasps> he goes, "What? Hey, so who saw DJ Doug Pound last night? And then like, People were like, uh-huh. I, no one was on his side either. He wasn't like killing. But I was Thank standing God. there right there. Like I was like Fuck. five feet from him just watching. I'm looking around like, what is this like twilight zone I am in right now? He's just like, here's my impression of DJ Duckbound. And then he likes did like some of my drops. Oh my and he's like, haha, is that supposed to be funny or something? Who the and I'm just like, that guy? oh my God. I was like. I cannot believe where am I? <laughs> like even in this in the comedy community, if somebody bombs, no, you that don't is like the worst thing. You could like roast them, but you don't just shit on them. No. Like you don't just you don't do that. It's not a thing. Who the fuck was that guy? You just don't do that. So my friend knew him. She's like, oh, I know that guy. So I was like, holy <laughs> shit! Like what the fuck? <laughs> and then. I was just stormed. I just kind of like walked off in a daze like, okay, what is going on here? This is like, this is getting worse. Yeah. Like you were already so low and then it someone kicked me while shit I'm on down. you. Right. It's like, 
I at least tried. Oh man, you know? that is. So it's not sad. my fault. It's a scheduling problem. Put me in that yes. hut at like 8 p.m. Not Absolutely. on the main. The main stage was like the main stage. Yeah. And but so in hindsight, happened? I'm glad I did it. And it was like. Well, you got a great story. I got a great story. So anyway, I was telling uh, my friends like I know him. And I'm like, oh well, fuck that guy. I don't want to hang out with him. Yeah. And she's like, we're gonna go see this puppet show. You know, we got to climb up some mountain to see some puppet show. I'm like, okay, I'll go. And she's like, <laughs> oh, so and so wants to come with. I'm like that guy, and she's like, he's a fan of yous, actually. What? He, she's she he, he was like, uh, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were gonna be there or something. And then I was like, uh, you know what? It's okay. That's very I forgave big of him. you. And we kind of like big of you. we just sort of laughed it off and had a beer or something. I think he was trying to get laughs. I get it. Mate, Be that mean. story is so heartbreaking. <laughs> Have you been back to New Zealand since? Yeah. Then? And it's been okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made some great friends there. Yeah. Which is awesome. I, yeah. Luke um, Rowell, he does uh, Disaster Radio and mm. Eyeliner. Yeah. He's awesome. He's one of my friends. Yeah. And I've, I've stayed with him subsequent t- uh, visits to New Zealand. And I've seen him, you know, when he comes to L.A. And uh, I hung out in Wellington afterwards. And those yeah. guys were all really cool. Yeah. And I had a great time. But oh, I, made, I made some... So there is some redemption. You have no, you, it was you like, made some amazing friends. I came out with a cool story, a yeah. learning experience. <laughs> make sure you ask what time is your time slot. Yeah. And not um, put you in the right spot. Yeah. Because I've done other shows that were bad. And it's usually like I'm in the wrong spot. Of course. It's like... Yeah some band asked me to open and they want to put me yeah this was another abysmal show when when you're the only comedian and it's a music show and everyone's Mm. in that music mindset yeah it's like impossible you could be like dave Chappelle or something yeah yeah well they would probably shout out for him but they just (laughs) when people see a rock show they're in a different their mind is in a different like space space yeah Hey, thank you so much for telling your amazing stories. Thanks for listening to Hearsay. I'm DJ Doug Pound. I'm Saya Vogel. And follow me at Doug Pound on all social media. The Poundcast is on all your <laughs> all your listening devices. Download them all. Listen to Office Hours. Is it okay to plug my stuff? <laughs> no, actually, I'd, I'd prefer Cut you this didn't. out. Cut this out. <laughs> no, please plug away. What else thank have you, you got? Thank you, Saya. What um, else? That's it. That's all I got. You know, stay tuned for more content from my, um, from your brain. Oh, check out the new three-year-olds album. It's going to be dropping as soon as I get back. We're finally going to put it out. Great. Can't wait. (laughs) 